0: Forever. Dog. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. So we're here at the Walking Dead offices. Mm. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, I'm here with Glenn Mazzara, Angela Kang, and Scott Gimple. Thank you, guys. Introduce yourselves and tell us who you are on the show, how long you've been on the show. Uh, a couple of you guys have been on Nerdist before, uh, so yeah, introduce yourself so everyone knows what you sound
0: like. Okay, I'm Glenn zaram the executive producer and showrunner of The Walking Dead. I've been showrunner for the second season and going into the third. I wrote a uh, freelance um, Wildfire season one oh, yeah. and then uh, came on uh, for season two as, as uh, Frank Darabont's number two and then was um, elevated to showrunner, and uh, here we are going into our third season. Exciting.
3: I'm Angela Kang. I'm a writer and producer on the show. Um, I came on in season two, and I'm continuing to write on season three and having a great time.
1: Great. Uh, I'm Scott Gimple, and uh, I'm a supervising producer and writer on the show, and uh, Glenn drafted me into this uh, beginning of last season. Great. Um, So I think Angela,
2: when we when we
1: last met, uh, season
2: two hadn't even aired yet, I believe. Like it was like last summer, maybe.
3: I can't remember. Something like that. that But you were gearing
2: up, and you were telling us a little bit about how um, the planning for the season was done. Uh, Do you guys want to kind of recap that? Remind our listeners how the show was put together, and if season three was approached in the same
1: way as season two? I'm curious. There were differences. Mm -hmm. I mean. But Glenn basically, I mean, we had things, of course, we had been thinking about since last season, but Glenn got the ball rolling with a big document of ideas. Mm -hmm. So Um, when you guys show
2: up to work in the first, you know, week of the writer's room,
0: you're armed with that document. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like two weeks, I think, before. No, I think we, well, yeah. You had sent it it over Christmas. Uh, What happened was the um, show wrapped shooting, for season two right around November. So I ended up doing editing and post and music and sound mixes.
1: <laughs> the, into, I, I'm only laughing yeah. just because like,
0: like we have time off, you know, we
1: have a hiatus <laughs> right. and like Glenn's the only person on the show that like, <laughs> like, you know, especially when people are coming off saying, oh yeah, what do you do for your hiatus? Like, like you had like, what was it like two days? I, can't I, remember.
0: I, I had a Sunday <laughs> off and, and Martin Luther King day. So, so what happened was, um, I had all these ideas coming off of season two and we had set up stuff at the end of season mm-hmm. two, uh, introduction of Michonne, introduction of the prison. And, and, uh, we knew we were going to do the governor in season three. So I had a lot of. Ideas. And, and, uh, what I wanted to do was write those down in some sort of, you know, 10 page, 15 page document and give that to the writers so that they could, you know, mull it over during their break Mm -hmm. over Christmas so that we could hit the ground running. I've, I've, you know, worked on a couple of shows where you come into your writer's room the first day and the showrunner looks at you and goes, so what do we got? You know, yeah. and, and and you're really playing a lot of catch up. And I, I know we had sixteen episodes for season three, so I really wanted to hit the ground running and have as much as as, as possible. Now and
1: that, that is the biggest order the show has had so far. The yeah, first season was yeah, six,
0: second was thirteen. This this is sixteen. So and um you know what's interesting is I don't think we used a single bit from that document. I think I think once yeah. you saw, once everybody comes in with their ideas and you start thinking about. <laughs> Angela's you, making you your know, face. No, I, I really hey, don't. I really don't. Oh, you guys threw it out. Stuff. They hit me over the head with it. No. It was. It was <laughs> It, was I think little, you know. it got a little ugly, and um, we you know, filled the intent of the document. Stuffed it in my yeah. mouth well, and yeah. put <laughs> duct
2: tape around my mouth but like that, a ball that gag. That's kind but of what tends to happen, right? As you well, come in with a bunch of ideas, and then once you get the brain trust together, mm-hmm. it sort of it starts to evolve. But the general sort of
1: theme of the season, I think, was in that document, yeah, and was fulfilled. The theme that theme definitely had. Uh, it seeds in last season. We knew that the big turn, the big emotional turn for Rick and, and the characters and, and we knew we had to go from there in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that document was the first step of how do we fulfill that theme.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, you know, and so,
3: yeah, I ahead. was just going to say it was great too because there was a lot of um, there were just recommended books like in mm. terms of just some reading things to look at um, oh, like historical Can background you tell us what kind and of
0: stuff? Um, I don't know yeah, I let's don't talk know. about it anyway, <laughs> yeah, but I think we you know
3: there there was just some and some movies to maybe look at and okay. just a lot of idea thematic ideas possible storylines for every character and it was such a great starting off point to really get everybody thinking so. I still feel like we used some stuff from the document. Maybe we didn't, but it was it was good to have that as a jumping off point because mm-hmm. it didn't That's, feel like you're just kind of staring yeah, actually, into the void. There was a character. You
0: know? There's a big character. Oh in the yes, document yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Yes, there's a new. Oh character. yes. But yes. but there's um, you know it just kind of puts everybody on the same page. Yeah. So so we came in and we started talking and and Scott um, and I met and talked about you know uh, drafting a, a schedule. You, you know, and we um, decided we would be in the room for four weeks to really talk about the first half of the season, the first, you know, eight episodes. That's great. It's amazing and, that you get that kind of and, time, uh, too. Yeah. And and so hmm. we we really, you know, day one, I think we, we got in there and we met with the producers and kind of laid out a plan. I, I find it's great if everybody has all... The information. The worst thing that could happen on a show is everybody's walking around the halls yeah. going, what the fuck's going on? No one's telling me anything. Am I supposed to be doing this or am I supposed to be in my office? Or I, I'm confused. <laughs> That's when problems start on a show. So I like to give everybody the information up front. And we actually called AMC and said, we will pitch you on Valentine's Day or something like that. Right. It was yeah. right around yeah. then. And, and so then they go away. They're like, okay, great. We're waiting for Valentine's day. So, so they don't feel, Hey, what's going on? Something's right. wrong. We're not hearing from you guys, you it's know, and, and that can happen with, with other shows that, that I've worked on. So then we, we broke those, those uh first eight episodes and, and of course have ideas for where the whole season's ending and that kind of stuff, but really broke it in depth, pitched it out to Galen heard and. Dave Alpert and, and Greg Nicotero and Denise Huth and Tom saw other uh, non-writing producers. And, and, and Kirkman's part of the mm-hmm. writing thing. So he's there every day for, the, for those four weeks. And then we, we pitched it out, got everybody's thoughts, pitched it out to AMC. And then we've just went ahead and started working on outlines and scripts and, and, you know, it's, I think it's, it's come together pretty nicely. Everybody's certainly on the same page. And did it
2: work the same way? I remember you saying, uh, Angela, where scripts were basically assigned in that first month. Uh, and everybody knows the full story so everyone t- kind of goes off and works on their scripts you know mm-hmm. 1 through 8 or whatever mm-hmm. yeah or simultaneously
0: people writing simultaneously yeah. and then what happens is you know and the, there you could get a script back that needs to be rebroken or something mm-hmm. but we're not doing as last year when we came in everybody had written the same kind of scenes over and yeah. over mm-hmm. this that was not the case people really you know, we're focused the on their episode. Was it broken more in the room beforehand? Is that why? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it was just uh, we just we had tactic.
1: some overlapping, and but it's just it's the price you pay when you do something at the same time, sure. and and that work's going to be done one way or the other, whether you're sitting in the room or whether writers are off doing it themselves, and you know, we just make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, so, how were things really different from? the beginning of season two or leading into season two, you know, I, I, we all saw a deadline. We know it was sort of a messy beginning of the season. and we don't have to address those. The restaurants
1: changed a great deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We, (laughs) there was a a sandwich place that we were hitting like all the time. There's nothing around here. (laughs) So yeah, we've, we've, we've mixed it up.
2: Uh, but as far as, you know, the planning stages, did you guys have, did you guys know what all 13 episodes would be? in that first month
0: of going into season two? No, no, we, we had thought about what were, you know, the first, what turned out to be the first seven. We had Mm -hmm. that arced out and we had some thoughts for the back half of the season, but it wasn't done to the depth that I think we have it now. Okay. That's good to
2: hear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there were some criticisms of season two saying that things were moving a little slowly, Mm uh, is this something that you guys brought to the
0: room in talking about season three? No. Cause we had, I think addressed that when, yeah. when, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, let me say this, you know, I, I, felt that that criticism of it moving slow. I only buy that criticism so much. I think it, it's, I don't think the show moves slower than any other show on TV, any other character drama. The problem with this particular show or that expectation is that this is the marriage of a character drama and a horror mm-hmm. show. So there was this added expectation. If it was just a character drama, it was it, we were moving at it. I mean yeah. you can't tell us we were slower than Breaking Bad or Mad Men or The Killing, then, you know, other AMC shows. shows, even Game yeah. of Thrones, even you know? Game I of mean Thrones. we were we
1: were giving yeah. characters a lot more moments than like one beat per episode. I love game of Thrones, but it just has me chopping on the (laughs) The next episode. So so I don't don't download
0: all 12 immediately. Yeah. 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 And it's funny.
1: We've talked about that, about that phenomenon, just about mm -hmm. the way serialized television is consumed. But Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, I think, I think while we all think that when, you know, this comes out on DVD and people are binge watching it over a weekend, it's not going to play nearly as slow. I just don't, don't think that. Um, However, when we got into the second half of the season and we were sort of flying by the seat of our pants, um, we wanted to amp it up. So that back half of the season, people see it and say, oh, there was a criticism and they made an adjustment. No, because that material was all shot by the time season one was airing and (laughs) that criticism was being lodged. We had already internally felt... We've done this kind of scene. Let's move on. Let's amp it up, you know? And I I think part of it is that, that, you know, the type of storytelling I'm comfortable with, stuff that I've done on The Shield, that was a very adrenalized show. So I think I kept pushing in that direction and everybody here bought into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that's certainly something that worked. I think people were excited about that. I think we've learned a lot about our fans and the show and the type of storytelling that we enjoy mm-hmm. and and that's something that will let's just say this you know I, I you know people are now reading the script for the season premiere of, of you know season three and they're just like wow it's it's balls out it's fast it's moving it's it's intense and and we're not you know taking our foot off the gas we're just keep, gonna keep going oh, Interesting.
2: interesting. Uh, back to that question though, or, or that statement that you brought up about the kinds of stories that you guys like to tell. Uh, can you point to stuff that you guys wrote or got to write in season two? Uh,
1: that is the kind of story that you like to tell. I, I love uh, highly, highly emotional moments that are tied to highly, highly uh, genre or, or action moments, stuff that infuses them both at the same time. Yeah. Which episodes did you write? Uh, I, I, I uh, the numbers aren't going to help you. <laughs>
2: no,
0: um, <laughs>
1: you want already. the one with okay, the one where <laughs> that would uh, uh, Tell the title. Uh, first one was uh, "Save the Last One," which is the one where <laughs> Shane caps Otis. Okay. Uh, the other one was oh my God, uh, that feels like it was ages ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Season mm-hmm. two. <laughs> uh, the other one was uh, the mid-season finale, where uh, mm-hmm. which uh, is pretty much dead already, mm-hmm. where uh, Sophia. Is yeah. her final fate is revealed. And so then, those really had those emotional moments. Yeah. I mean, I was really genre stuff. Yeah. I that's mean, when really you can cool. build to those moments where, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in real life, but you feel a real emotion that you do feel in real life mm-hmm. or, or that you, you wish you felt, or, you know, you remember when you felt like that's incredible. And then the other episode I did with Glenn is 18 miles out, mm-hmm. which is the one right. uh, where uh, there's a, there's a fist fight and there's also another type of fight. That was a Uh, lot of hot zombie action. uh And then (laughs) a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion on the other side about, you know, Mm -hmm. whether people should be allowed to take their life in their own hands, essentially. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I love this stuff. You know, I love this stuff. (laughs) I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time is lost. And I I think they did that very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, being able to tell stories like that, that's, yeah, very, very lucky. Yeah, that's that's amazing.
2: Uh, Angela, what were your episodes into, and how did they press the your particular storytelling buttons?
3: Um, I wrote Secrets, which is where Lori is uh, considering aborting her child, and Judge, <laughs> Jury, Executioner, which was where we lost Dale. Oh, my God. you're dealing with the Randall <laughs> issue. I think um, what I enjoyed in those episodes was dealing with characters grappling with really difficult moral dilemmas that would be difficult in just regular life. But then now you're there in a zombie apocalypse. So it kind of adds a whole new dimension where society's broken down. You don't have access to the same kinds of infrastructure or information, and you're just trying to do the best you can in a whole new world. Um, hmm. And that stuff's fun to write. I also, you know, I'm a big Genre geek, and I love writing action. I love that in season three, I got to write kind of a really different script for my first script. That's very like has a lot of hot zombie action, so <laughs> that's really fun. Um, it's great. I, you know, like I think all of these stories have, you know, aspects of action and you know the great character drama, and it's mm-hmm. a really cool mix to get to write. Yeah, well,
1: that's actually, and I think Angela will be annoyed because I, I always talk about this teaser, but the teaser to Secrets has one of those kind of like weird human emotion into genre thing Mm -hmm. where, where Carl, um, there's these chicks that are missing, Mm -hmm. right?
3: There's just baby chicks and they're feeding them out in front of a,
1: and, and the chickens themselves are gone or what I can't (laughs) basically Carl, you see how cold Carl has become. That's the big thing where he says, everything's food for something. Mm -hmm. And these chickens are gone. And then you see what happened to those chickens And it was Patricia feeding them to the barn full of zombies. Mm -hmm. And just going from, like, ah, that's so sad to see that kid feeling that way, which is just a familial sort of moment into this completely otherworldly, ghastly thing. I. I don't know. That was, that was my favorite teaser from the season. And then, oh, so, and then
0: Patricia ends up becoming zombie food.
1: Yeah. 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 But <laughs> but we, that, that, we, we pay it off in awful <laughs> way, yeah. off that, away, which actually what, that was one of the worst deaths, I think, yeah. of the season. Because really? Emily Kenny, who played Beth, mm-hmm. her scream is one of yeah. the more yeah. haunting yeah. screams. Yeah. Uh, that teaser, though, points to
2: something that is, feels very thematic to season two, which is about the extremes that these characters go to. Uh, or are forced to go to. Uh, can you remind us where some of these characters were at the beginning of the season or at the end of season one? And, uh, you know, what what you guys had planned for them, what journey you had planned for them to take, uh, and whether or not, you know, you fulfilled that, if there were sidetracks on it, uh, how it worked from a writer's standpoint. Uh, Standpoint.
0: Well, you know, I think at the end of season one, it's it's just uh, uh, most of the characters are confused. You know, they're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what happened. You know, where do we go? They they don't yet believe that the entire world mm-hmm. has fallen. You know, they get some some information from Jenna, but they they feel he's a bit of a madman, so maybe there's still a safe place to go. And if you think about season one, really. Takes place within a few days, and it's probably only within two weeks of everything going to shit. So it's Mm -hmm. still all very raw and 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 new. Now in season two, you know, you pick up this question of Rick is you know facing questions of leadership, and where does he he's he's got this task of where to. Bring these people, you know, where is a safe harbor? And then come to this farm and here is kind of, you know, we get the feeling Herschel's out on a bit of an outpost, a wave of destruction hasn't yet reached them. They they, they have a lot of misconceptions about what's happening in the world around them. They're sort of in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And and you have, you know, this major storyline of Lori and and Rick and Call uh, and, and, and Shane. And they you, you know, the, the affair between Laurie and Shane and, and how that comp starts complicating Rick's life mm-hmm. and becomes a complication for the entire group. And I think by the end of the um, finale, what you have is a group of people from so many different paths are sort of put in a crucible and they're sort of melded together as a family on the road, you know, that mm-hmm. if you look at that finale, you know, no one's shooting somebody in the knee to get away. Everyone is trying to be heroic. Everybody is trying to save everybody else, even though they leave uh, Andrea behind. That's because it's a panic. They're not sure if she's alive or dead. They're willing to go back, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you really kind of feel like th- this is a, a band of um survivors who is who is really really trapped together you mm-hmm. know and that, that that their um fate is gonna rest on each other a lot on Rick but also everyone else so I think I think it was kind of all these different strands coming together and by the end of the season becoming something new mm-hmm. that'll propel us into season three <laughs>
1: the other the other big sort of pressure upon the characters uh especially rick and and the way he was going to lead uh was Uh just you know kind of the idea is is humanity a luxury in the world you know is it a weakness Mm -hmm. and shane basically coming to the conclusion that it is a weakness um And Rick feeling like, well, what's the point of surviving if you don't get to maintain who you were? Hmm. Um, Because that isn't surviving, you're dead, you're not. And Rick, in the end, you know, seeing what leadership had done to him, seeing that his humanity had been compromised again and again and again, it still seems to be there by the end, but he's not going to be playing by the same rules Mm -hmm. and he's not going to... uh, be a democratic leader. He's not going to be a sweet leader necessarily. He's not going to be a humane leader, mm-hmm. but he is going to keep these people alive. Maybe that he's willing to make the sacrifice of his own humanity for these people. How,
2: um, how did you guys, this is, it might be a strange question, uh, but how did you break it down incrementally to get Rick to that state? You know, I mean, there were decisions he had to make along the way, uh, but but what you're describing, which is clearly his arc for the season, uh, and makes so much sense, having seen all the episodes now, um, it's all very heady. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very interior kind of place to get him to.
1: But then as much as we in, see him compromising, and so but and it far. comes out in very yeah. You know, it's that's the cool thing about you know the kind of TV that we make. It comes out in big ways when Shane, you know, saying you know he compromises his humanity. That sounds really you know, froofy and and poetic, Mm -hmm. but he capped Otis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he compromises humanity by shooting a fat guy. (laughs) Um, And, and that guy getting torn apart by zombies and making the decision that his life and Carl's life was more important than his or to not, you know, a big part of it is just removing, you know, just not dealing with any sort of doubt. Like maybe he could have gotten out with him. Maybe. Hmm. But I know I can get out with, uh, get out if I do this. Right. That's compromising humanity. Those yeah. moments, you know, the big moments that fulfill it so people don't feel they're in a, you know, a, a survey
0: class right. in philosophy. <laughs> you know what here, here, here's what I think. Uh, you know, I think in the second half of the season we started, you know, I really wanted to push the story. Okay, so I think in the first half of the season we had a lot of theoretical debates, certainly with the Andrea and Dale characters and people talking about what's it like to live in this world or what's it, you know, can we make choices? And and it did feel theoretical. And so what we really wanted to do was okay, that's great. But now as we started writing these characters, you know, it's it's like stringing beads, you know, okay, the character does this. Now what happens Mm -hmm. with their emotional state? Now let's put him in another fucked up situation. And now they have another decision to make in which there is no good alternative. Okay, Mm -hmm. do I leave this guy on the fence? Do I bring him back? Do I shoot him in the head and feed him to zombies? If I bring him back, then do I kill him there? Do I let him go? He knows where we live. It's it's just there. There's no good choice. Mm -hmm. So, so we stopped having these debates, I think, and started kind of putting people into action. And, and that's where I think the audience really started responding to the material is because people could see themselves in an immediate situation, say, well, I would shoot that guy or I would leave this guy or I would execute him or I would, you know, forget about him or whatever it is. And, and I think that's part of the appeal of the show is, is, you know, people can buy into a zombie apocalypse pretty easily for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but they, they think about what they would do in that situation.
1: And then there's the other part of it. It's like yeah. what I would do. And then, oh yeah, I'm going to kill this guy. It's a smart thing to do. I'm going to put mm-hmm. the gun to his head. Oh crap. That will impact my son. Right. Yeah. So and I'm that's easier said and, than done. And what's the point of yeah keeping this kid safe if I'm
0: building him into a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Right. So so that's easier said than done to just execute somebody. We play these deaths very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, an, uh, an action adventure movie in which, you know, the bad guys get mowed down. I mean, we really, you know, I mean, think about what it's like to, uh, you know, kill a guy who's who's who just knows where you live. Yeah, we mm-hmm. keep the, we <laughs> keep the quips yeah. in the room. Yeah. You know, the, the ice to see is, you. Yeah.
2: You know, um, <laughs> that yeah. is clear. Um, and it's interesting, too, that you kind of leave the audience to have those philosophical debates yeah. that were and people you know, in the show. I think they yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like yeah. yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, like it. It's yeah. the appeal of part of the appeal of the yeah. genre, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about uh, the decision and if you can talk about the conversation in the room in killing, you know, the major deaths with Shane and uh, Dale, which it feels like removed uh, at exactly the right time. The friction from the group to kind of get into their next the next phase of their journey Um, removed, but but sort of exacerbated because
1: the way Dale went out. (laughs) <laughs> he kind of made his point mm-hmm. in a really rough way. Oh, yeah, you leave dying. the group
2: in the worst possible condition that, that uh, makes his argument.
1: Line. Yeah. And then right after that being faced with having to do something counter to that argument. Mm-hmm. And and you know has has now Rick changed completely because of it. And, yeah. And, we cannot answer that at this time. <laughs> but yeah, mean, know.
2: you can see even by the f- season finale that these were necessary to Rick's journey. And ultimately mm-hmm. I, I imagine you're looking at this as Rick's story. Right. Um, but you know, was there, was there argument in the room? Was there conversation in the room about, uh, killing these characters?
0: Yeah, it was a tremendous amount of conversation. You know, originally we came up with the idea of killing Dale and, and, uh, um, you know, Frank didn't want to do that. You know, he's very tight with Jeff Demunn and loves hmm. that character, and just felt like that was uh, too big a character to 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 do that. So we backed off that storyline, and then then I became showrunner, and then I started thinking about like, well, what do we do? It's all it's all on the table now. We knew we were going to get to the the Shane death, mm-hmm. and the Shane How- death was was going to be played in the finale as uh, as uh, scripted in the comic book that, yeah, that Carl was going to shoot from off camera. And um, I didn't care for that because I felt that, you know, that really made Rick passive, that, that you know, you can't have an entire arc. See, it works in the comic books because it's only six issues in, mm-hmm. but you're 19 episodes in. That's 19 hours of somebody's life, and to have your main character have a big um, – you know, face to face with the, he's having his, this strange conflict. With. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, for, a bullet comes. Seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a bullet comes from off off screen, and yeah. and he's just a, a passive um, observer. And, and the argument and what, is didn't what feel it
1: satisfying. W- the argument is essentially what what it takes to live. Hmm.
0: You know, well, and yes and no. I mean, that, that's that's I think sometimes maybe more your thing. I, I think Rick. Rick <laughs> no, we, tell you no tr- we all I mean, no, this we this all play different, different instruments. We yeah, we all yeah, play different but, instruments. But, in you room. know, I I don't believe Rick. I Rick, listen. Rick kills Shane because Shane fucked his wife. And fuck you, you fuck my wife, and I'm going to put a knife in your heart and go fuck yourself. It's coming from a raw emotional. Place. Yeah, and, yeah, and and and, but being and pushed there. Uh, yeah, he's being pushed there, and you could say, and you can make the case. Well, he's taking out his rival. It's good for the group. It's all. It's like no, it's it's a good fellows moment, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, so, um, but that's just my interpretation of that. You know, though, though I will say his interpretation carries more weight.
1: <laughs> my, oh, interpretation, on no, my interpretation. My <laughs> interpretation can be. Carelessly close to fan <laughs> <fit>. <laughs> well,
0: um, So then, so then with the Dale thing, um, I think you guys worked it out in the room and then I came in and they said, okay, w- you know, we have a pitch in which we do kill Dale. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, great. Let me hear it. And I, I, heard it and loved it and was like, okay, let's, let's do that. So, so, you know, the team really, uh, there is a lot of debate, you know, this isn't like some shows, I think you have, you know, um, um, Uh, the showrunner is a bit of an auteur and, and says, Oh, this is what we're doing or whatever. And, and I I like to collaborate and I like to say, okay, well, here are my thoughts and now go make it better. And everybody, you know, in that room is expected to argue and challenge and, and fight and have great ideas and bad ideas and, and hopefully the, the fantastic ideas will get filmed. And, and so, so, we go back and forth. I mean, you know, it, it we'll talk about let's, uh, you know, let's let's kill this person. We were going to kill Herschel. <laughs> and then yeah. and then that didn't work. And we, you know, started to write. And it was like, nope, nope, flag on the play, and we changed that. So so it's very very fluid. It's very. Organic and and it's about what feels right to the group of writers at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's less about following a master plan and and it's being more emotionally immediate and visceral and and yeah this feels right mm-hmm. we're doing this that that's how uh, that's what I mean by f- you know flying by the seat of your pants that's how we wrote the shield that's how we're writing this mm-hmm. in a way you're kind of writing it in real time. You know, because it's like our characters are here, they're doing this, let's complicate it and let's figure it out as a group. So that that's how I feel like we, we tend to do this stuff in the back half, right?
1: And it's, well, it's it's a great room to argue in. This mm-hmm. is a particularly uh, respectful and, but, but yet very opinionated group of writers that it is, I don't know, it's a safe place to have they have big opinions mm-hmm. and and people are very good about the way they present them and and bat them around and and one funny thing that invariably happens is we will we'll push away from something and then a few episodes later it'll come up and be the perfect time for it hmm. right or mm-hmm. now you hear that on
2: a lot of serialized shows which is so interesting that these the good ideas kind of hang in there and float till they're yeah. they're right um Take us inside since you guys were uh, in the room and can you remember uh, in deciding on the Dale death. Mm. um, You know, the Shane death was such a remarkable subversion of, you know, what we expected from from the comic book uh, and and totally amazing. But I don't think viewers saw the Dale killing coming. Uh, I think was a
1: big part of that.
2: Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, that's part of what helped sell it in addition to like the philosophical arguments he'd been making. Yeah. Till that point. Um, uh, but I can't imagine you sat down in the room saying our end point is going to be killing Dale, uh, since that had been mentioned and, you know, was still out there, but had been kind of ruled out and ruled back in or whatever. Uh, what was the starting point for that? Do you remember?
1: It was, we were, Doing our second, our second AMC pitch of the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I recall us being, we were thinking about the second, third to last episodes and, and what, what the emotional journey of, of really Rick was. Mm-hmm. And Rick, because of what happened in, in the first half of the season had really actually moved fairly close to Shane's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I I actually recall the very first iteration of that idea had been uh, yours, Mr. Misera, that you had sat in my office and you'd been like, I figured out how to break this. This I think it was like third to last episode beat in the greater pitch. And like you said, you had put it before Frank Uh and Mm -hmm. because we had gotten excited about it only because we saw how it sort of juked. Rick's point of view, mm-hmm. sort of a little bit more towards pre Sophia. Mm-hmm. I mean, just what happens in secrets, whether he doesn't kill Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got taken off the table. Um, but I think actually Frank had considered it for a hot second. It wasn't like an immediate no, it was mm-hmm. like, I think there was a night or two there. So that even got us more excited about it and thinking about <laughs> it because it wasn't, because I think we were expecting like an immediate no. Mm-hmm. But then it was taken off the (laughs) table. And the way the story was unfolding, we were, it just, it made, I mean, a lot of it in serialized television is like the emotional rhythm of the story, you know, the ups and downs of the character's point of view. Mm -hmm. And it was really, we just really got excited about where it put Rick right before that Shane episode. And then Mm -hmm. just on big event, sort of just, just as far as just the most basic Big event playing with the audience's expectations. Point of view. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it made sense that way. And, well. and I,
0: I think a couple of things that Dale's death w- uh, did. If you remember in our early thing, it was that if Dale, who's the conscience of the group, is taken out of the equation. Who becomes the conscience of the group? And we looked at it it as a way to activate Lori, actually, to give her more of a point of view. And there was a scene that was Dale and he's bouncing around. I just uh, did a commentary for this on the deleted scenes. Dale was bouncing around and he went to Lori and and, uh, asked her. It was sort of a call to action, you know, intercede with your husband and tell him. Uh, not to execute Randall, we we ended up cutting the scene right because yeah. it kind of Dale was getting annoying, going around making the same argument over and over, and this was the most philosophical, unless tied to character, at um, least tied to character beat that we had. Mm-hmm. So so it just didn't make the cut. Um, and and the the thing was that y- you know Dale's death puts everybody in a very angry, violent place. In the beginning of the next episode and Lori goes to kind of clean house. She f- feels that she failed this, this call to action. And she goes and has a conversation with Shane. So, so both things are putting Shane in action. So, so, you know, Shane, Shane's attempted murder of Rick would not have, we couldn't get to it out of, mm-hmm unless we had some big new catalyst and only Dale's death was, was, was uh, possible. The other thing about Dale's death was we knew we were coming up to, um, you know, Shane's death at Rick's hands, but we really wanted one to say that the uh, farm was not safe. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And, -hmm. and we wanted someone to be killed by a walker. And then, and then, you know, I wanted to do the, the call, that calls the walker that gets away from call, mm-hmm. kills Dale, and you guys did not like that. Uh, there were a lot of notes there, on that. <laughs> that like, "There was a lot. no, there no, was no a lot of, this is too much." I, I was always like, liked it. What's that? I think was it I just, I just, was that's I why she, she got it. to write it. I think I was the
1: Dale in that situation did you go to everybody
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> i did around we stood by window like this he brought in carl a
1: window. having you know the responsibility his <laughs> yeah. walker. and i put on a hat of course uh, yeah but you know uh what well, what was it, it for you that what was it for you that didn't click about
2: that was it just
1: too well, it cute? clicked in the end i mean that's 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 the really tricky thing about you know working with a group of people and you can only go with your opinion at the time. And and I I don't think you can be like second guessing yourself every Mm -hmm. five seconds, but there is stuff you argue against that you see on screen and you know, there are those moments where you're like, Oh yeah, I'm totally right. But there's plenty (laughs) of times where you're like, wow, uh, that just played. Yeah. And you know, that was really nice of those people to listen to me go on for three hours. (laughs) Um, I think it did play in the episode. Uh, I it could have played the other. <laughs> way. I, I felt like putting it on Carl, uh, making Carl responsible for that moment. I wasn't sure about that. Hmm. Um, it played in the episode beautifully. Um, the way I mean, there are those intangibles uh, like Kyle Chandler's performance, which was really good in that moment. Hmm. The way he turns away, and only the audience knows really why he's crying. You know, his mother isn't like, why are you crying? I mean, there's right. Dale's guts hanging out. Um, but I was worried about putting it on Carl, and uh, we're, we're trying to fulfill that, though, um, mm-hmm. as a yeah. piece of his character now. Mm-hmm. Um, Which,
2: I mean, it, it does make sense, again, looking at it from a bird's eye view, it does make sense in, to Carl's character arc. I mean, Mm -hmm. you put that kid through a lot of shit last season. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What did you set out to do with him? How did, again, how did it, did it wind up how you wanted it to be? Uh, What was the goal with, with that poor kid? (laughs) Um,
0: You know, I I think with his particular arc, there, there was some, there was, of course, some characters that had better, delineated arcs at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. and then there were some that you kind of have to feel your way through. Mm -hmm. I'm curious which ones did you guys have? Well strongly for Shane Shane Mm -hmm. you always knew where Shane was and what he was up to, right? Yeah (laughs) yeah, Shane and
1: Rick. Yeah. But you got thirteen episodes. Yeah.
0: You have a huge ensemble cast.
1: Lost had twenty-two episodes. (laughs) You know, that's not a small thing. We have a lot of things that we want to accomplish story-wise and it's just hard with a big cast it is hard to serve everyone with the equal amount mm-hmm. of story.
0: <coughs> Lost would do a flashback where they could push in but that's not something we're doing, you know. Yeah. So so uh you know for different reasons. But I think with Call what happened was you know he's devastated obviously by sophia's death okay mm-hmm. and and the fact that she became a walker in the barn and and um, you know he's going back and forth between being a boy and and you know the and the, and we get a lot of shit for where's call and why is he in the house and mm-hmm. you know that's all horse shit cuz you know in the scene where he's he's you know throwing rocks at the walker. There's a scene where he's standing in front of the barn, just kicking up dirt with mm-hmm. his feet. He's, you know, and so he's, he's bored. And, and so that, that was actually kind of set up that he's going to go and, and, and get himself into trouble. And he starts, um, you know, he's fascinated by the violence around him. You know, that's what the men are doing. He's trying to associate himself with his father, with Shane. And these guys are leading very violent lives. So he, he, You know, it's okay for him to pick up a gun. It's okay for him to throw, you know, rocks at a walker or two. And even necessary for him to pick up a gun. Shane is saying, Shane is saying saying you have to have a gun. So, so he's, he's engaging in this behavior that's being modeled around him. There are no other children around him. And, and, but yet he is a kid. He's going to make poor decisions. He's, he's, he's not going to be able to to think three steps ahead as, Mm -hmm. as the other guys would. So, you know, events of course go wrong and and he's he's um um you know straddling the line between childhood and adulthood. So so that that was something that we talked about up front, right? Yeah. But but then we kind of would say, Oh, well what's Carl doing now? And what's nice about the cast is you say, you know, like we did not have that he finds a walker we didn't have that when we were working at the first half of the season but once we got into that episode it was like oh here's a here's a cool thing right i mean you wrote that episode then we yeah, come up with it, it like i mean was that part of the amc pitch
3: it was i think it was the second when, time maybe the we second pitched time maybe yeah, yeah,
0: yeah but it, we came it, up it, with it that it the first
1: iteration yeah. he was he was shooting that walker he was straight yeah. up shooting mm-hmm. it which <clears> yeah, you know right. i would not have probably fit into what we did right. because the, yeah. the ramifications of him, I mean, the way that it developed it, you know, it checked Carl, it brought him back to being a kid. He yeah. became a kid right after Dale gets killed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that activates Shane and saying, Whoa, Rick, you can't raise your son. I mean, we were, we were looking for Shane to have real motivations for bringing Rick out in the woods beyond just just you know Lori, The personal ones. Yeah. That Shane did have an argument in his head Mm -hmm. that holy crap Carl can't hold a gun anymore? Okay. Rick's got to be out of the picture because this kid's going to live Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make sure he lives.
0: My way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know a a, a way to describe the show is like you know it's like shooting pool. Okay. It's you can't just have one ball and isolate it and pick it up. It's everyone's on the table. Okay, and... You know, we as storytellers, you hit one ball and it crashes into the other. Sometimes a ball gets knocked into the pocket. That's Dale (laughs) and Shane there, you know, and, and, but everything rattles around. Every ball is, is hitting every other ball on the table. And, and it's all that kind of, uh, uh, um, pandemonium, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like you can just shine a light here or there. It's everything is, it's a whole game and every, every, so if you have, you know, um, Carl takes a walk in the woods and he finds a walker, you know, bam, that affects Dale, which then affects Lori, which then affects, you know, yeah. Rick and Shane and, mm-hmm. and everyone else. So, so, you know, that's what I think is unique about The Walking Dead.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's the most fascinating thing about dealing with, you know, a tight group like this. Yeah. Every choice is going to have repercussions on mm-hmm. other characters.
3: Um, I was just going to say I kind of remembered a bit of the genesis of finding the walker in the woods because this all ties back to like the string of events that all gets activated is, you know, we did want to use some aspect of Carl being at Shane's death. But, you know, we flipped it so that rather than him being the one who shoots Shane, as in the comic book, he shoots Walker Shane. But we were like, that seems weird that he just kind of shows up and that's like his first real interaction with a walker. Oh, so it right. kind of like right. started right. there, like that triggers a series yeah. of events and then what it ties back to plant. the end. That's very interesting. Yeah. huh?
0: Yeah. And we also tied it into because he failed to kill that walker. He then goes to his dad and now is is calling for Randall's blood. So so it all, yeah. you know, Angela did a good job of yeah. plotting that. Smartly tiling, together. T- tying it all together.
2: Um, I'm glad you guys brought up this, uh, the size of the group and the number of characters that you guys have to tackle in really very few episodes, like you say. Uh, how do you guys deal with that? How do you decide, you know, whose stories are told? How do you give enough service to characters who maybe haven't been heard from in a while. I'm thinking specifically of um, the – no, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. What are you going to say? The, the uh, daughter who tried to kill herself.
3: Uh, yeah. I thought it was a great
2: story where, you know, we didn't really know this character mm-hmm. very well. And we'd seen this aspect of the apocalypse but not quite in this way. Uh, and it was a, just a great way to serve a character –
0: And, you know, the characters around her, obviously, uh, who, you know, know you know, it's it's funny you're picking that out, because when that aired, um, a lot of people um, uh, on the Internet thought it was bullshit. And they were saying, well, yeah, yeah. On this interweb thing, uh, (laughs) a lot lot of people. No, a lot lot of people were saying, well, you know, this is bullshit. We don't even know that character. Hmm. Why are we spending time with her? Why don't we spend time with Carol? Interesting. You know why don't we? St- you know why isn't Carol suicidal? Well, Carol's not suicidal. You know she's lost. She's a survivor, and yeah. and that was not her story. So we activated that character. We knew we wanted a you know that character to survive the season. We thought it was interesting, and and um, you know we made a choice. Mm-hmm. So what happens is it has to push the main storyline, somehow all of these things, it, it, there are a lot of ensemble shows on TV and I've worked on it, a mm-hmm. lot of these shows where, you um basically have you know your main character is the A story then your second or third character is the B story and then you have a C story maybe and then you break out those stories separately a lot of times you could have different writers write them and then the writer of record will tie those stories together and you call that an episode and those different storylines may or may not be thematically linked mm-hmm. But it's every storyline is pushed a little bit further. Okay. I could argue that this is what's being done on Game of Thrones right now. Okay. That, that feels to me that that's how they write that story. Okay. We are trying to do Rick's story, the group story, and it's a little bit. What I've wanted to do and what I've, I've asked the writers to, to get into is that each episode is more of its 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 own episode. We're not just, mm-hmm. you know, pushing somebody from this point to that point. It's like, what's this episode? This is the episode in which Dale dies, There's, you know, and everybody has a part in that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have a bigger part in the story. And Beth had a, a very, you know, that made, you know, we wanted to get to with the the Beth attempted suicide story. We wanted to get to. Really, you know, the men are out having a fist fight and the women are having a verbal assault. And that to me means that this show is a family drama because families fight in the kitchen and there's two women fighting in the kitchen. And that made sense. That feels very real. Now, they both have points of view that – um made sense to those characters and so beth's attempted suicide was the device to get to to all of that so thematically it was linked it was her time to step forward and tell the story she has no lines like probably in you know when call's thrown rocks mm-hmm. at a walker but <laughs> call's not in that other story you know mm-hmm. dale's not in that other story so it's a matter you know there were there was an episode in which uh that same episode you know daryl stepped out mm-hmm and then he he emerges in a, a bigger way. So so what's nice about having such a talented cast is you know we depending on the story we draw people in or pull them to the background and it's really about what we're trying to do in, in a global picture, not necessarily, we don't feel the need to throw somebody a story just to serve as a character. That that's not the show that's other shows and it works well. That's not what we do.
1: It's, it's interesting with that, with 18 miles out with that episode, that that was the first episode where we didn't have certain characters in it. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, six characters in it. That's it. And it was, it was luxurious. To be able sure. to just handle six characters. Um, but, you know, we only have so many episodes and we want to see where everyone's at. And they, we do plan journeys for each one of those characters. Uh, so, you know, think, may, maybe we'll do 28 episodes next season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We well, do some webisodes, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I think what you guys... Part of, one of the things you guys do so well is to present these conflicting points of view on their circumstances that each character is going to have, even if we do do only see it in this one episode, you know, she's still in subsequent episodes and we know what she's been through and we know what her uh, perspective on the world is now. Uh, and so when she pops up again, we're going to get where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I think that's really well done. And well, Thank you. Speaking of the internet, yes, uh, it was brought up to me uh, just last night, actually, um, and I thought I would ask you guys, and you mentioned this on lost where, you know, we get the flashbacks where we mm-hmm. get to see them before this tragedy that they are part of and how they're dealing with it afterwards. And maybe this isn't even a question that you guys can answer. It might be a first season question. Um, but the idea that, you know, would the show have benefited from, or would it have hurt the show to know what these people were like
0: before the apocalypse, before well, the let, circumstances. we Let, let see me them ask now. you, why is that interesting? It's not to me. I'm talking I mean, about but, the internet. But, so. but seriously, like, like, let me just ask people who are, who are interested in that. Uh, why is that interesting? I mean, it, it, isn't it interesting to have desperate people running from zombies mm-hmm. with no food and water or guns? That's interesting. Why, you know, I mean, let, let's, you know, we, we've done our flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wrote one for an episode called Bloodletting in which, mm-hmm. you know, Laurie gets the news. And the purpose of that flashback was to show she's very strong. She understands her husband's been shot. She's going to be the good mother. She's strong. She goes over. She she says, no, I'll tell call and she handles that. And so that when it's call is shot at the end that she falls apart and she can't handle this. And she says to Rick, you can't leave. I can't handle this one. But we've seen who she was. Okay, so that particular flashback um, informed the current story in the time. I don't think anybody caught that. I think that stayed all in my head. I don't know if that made it onto screen. So, you know, what, what did I really get out of that, that, that teaser? You know, it was a lady standing in a parking lot getting some bad news that we already know from the year before. So uh, I don't think that's a particularly interesting teaser. Uh, you know, they're drinking lattes. They're having, you know, she's talking with a friend, The gossip. But about during
1: during the shooting of it, though, a gigantic bug landed on, uh, the, <laughs> on, the, the, on the other woman's, on the woman's head. Yeah, face yeah. and she... She played it like a champ. She yeah, kept going, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't know? anything yeah. you could use God. because it looked like she it, was about to have her eye like taken. Rat, yeah, um, but but so there were so, extreme
2: circumstances yeah, even before the yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get There's what I'm saying talk. that it's Absolutely. it's like
0: it's like you know I mean that may work on other shows. That worked on Lost, but Lost was not. A horror show. It was more of a science fiction mm-hmm. genre mm-hmm. type. It's Interesting. You know, I mean, it's, it mean- it's, this is a scary horror mm-hmm. thing, and it's about and so, these so people what, in this extreme circumstance. Yeah. So so it's we, not about who they were. I think well, we have would, a baseline
2: it's,
1: understanding. It's just not, I mean, it would, you know, it more like, character
0: drama. Mm-hmm. It would probably take yeah, the right. balance away away from the horror. But, but you know, I mean, you, you don't. Point. You don't. You know, let's say this. You know, we did the Shield, right? I wrote on a Shield. And um, it wasn't until I see, I think season seven, that we learned something about Vic Mackey's dad, hmm. or his grandfather, I don't or something. That. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you don't need backstory. You, you, you know, you put he your was, characters in a, a situation. Right? yeah, and it, he, was no, he was probably a cop, with virus? But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but you, you, it, it's uh, I, I, you know, if you don't know who Rick is now, mm-hmm. it, you know, if you don't know. I mean, what is the information not being provided by flashback episodes? And I guarantee you, we'll do these flashback episodes uh, and, and and people will not dig them. <laughs> I just don't get them. I well, just it's don't not get the them. language of the show right now. Either. It's not. Yeah, well, what is, did you want to say? Hold on. I
3: was just going to say like one difference with, I feel like Lost is really the, the show that did a lot of flashbacks, but built into the DNA of Lost is it's a show that deals with. Time being fucked up Like they're <laughs> flashing true. Forward They're flashing back that's They're right. flashing sideways Like the that's the show Like this is a Totally different Yeah Show both in terms of You know like the situation that these characters mm-hmm. are in the world. I mean, I actually like flashbacks when they're done well, but I think when you rely on them to reveal character, rather than putting the characters into situations where they reveal their character mm-hmm. through action, like, I just think that that's a slippery slope. You yeah, can get trapped I, into, I, you know?
0: I, I think the flashback Flashback becomes like an intellectual puzzle Mm -hmm. where people say, Oh, well, what's this? Oh, if this is true, then what's that? You know, that, that's not just the show. The show is people are stuck around, uh, you know, stuck and, and, and they've got no good options. Mm -hmm. That, that's the story. I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't make a difference what they did. You know, I mean, we, we revealed that Andrea was a civil rights lawyer, right? Didn't we do that Mm -hmm. in, in your episode? Who gives a shit? I mean mm-hmm. seriously she was a civil Which is rights lawyer sort of Laura. the reaction when it like, comes out but like right? who, who, who cares Laurie was, <laughs> yeah. Laurie was Laurie was a you know a stay at home mom you know Rick it, was a chef. I mean it is,
1: it is well, interesting like, to st- it was interesting even in that moment to know that to see the distance <laughs> she traveled I, don't <laughs> I
0: mean <laughs> what, what I, I need to know if she's got a gun and she's going out there and she's <laughs> going to guard Randall I, it's just it's just not interesting to me she's it's it's not
1: you know? I'm huge on flashbacks I love I want he loves it he's
0: written flashbacks and then yeah you wrote it for pretty much dead already and I was like Get rid of the fucking flashbacks. Oh, that, was, that was a flashback from two episodes. Was, previous, I, so I mean, won't even was, flashback from from, from yeah, like the series. With, within the same episode. Yeah. I'm just like, what I mean, is this? I don't, really like it. It. I don't like I
1: don't it. it. I mean it was I just like it. last <laughs> week on It's fine. Dead. Uh, it's on the deleted scenes. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I love flashbacks. I know. I love knowing everything about a character. I love hmm. seeing them act a certain way. And this is all. Did
0: the wire do flashbacks? But did the wire do flashbacks? I, they I think it's a no, good But what I'm going to say did, is, I mean, well, why, are people calling David, David Simon asking him for flashbacks? <laughs> not that I'm David Simon, but like, uh, you know, there was I mean, whole... Sean doesn't do flashbacks. Is anyone calling Sean Ryan for flashbacks? There was an why, amazing why they McNulty, McNulty uh, as I a sure kid episode. people like <laughs> flashbacks more yeah. than- A right? little yeah. bunk
1: walking around yelling fuck. Yeah. Oh, well, no, it was It It was. was surprisingly- I'm not even going But what I say with this- with this show, the lack of flashbacks or, or not using—I've come to like it a lot because I believe it adds to the realness. Like mm-hmm. to the to the you know, you are seeing character come out in action, mm-hmm. and you are not teed up. You are not given up. I'm not saying anything about <laughs> teed up. Um, you're not given anything. Be like, oh well, this is why this character is acting sure. this way. You're slowly figuring it out, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I you know it. I got on board that. I, li- I like that. It's it's harder. Flashbacks are yeah, easier.
2: I think it's it's harder to write. It's harder to ask the audience. Let's put it like that. Here's another thing. In the first half, strong.
0: in the first half of the, uh, of the season, people were crying. Mm-hmm. There's no zombies, <laughs> and they want flashbacks. But yeah. but. There's not going to be zombies in world. flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So why would well, I think they're
3: called pre-zombies. Do, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why would you do yeah, non-zombie flashbacks? Right. Right. right.
0: You see what I'm saying? You're absolutely right. So,
3: yeah. come on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I take it this is something that you guys have it's heard just, before. Just, I'm not interested <laughs> in it. I, I, yeah.
0: I don't like them. I don't do them well. I don't, I don't get them. Well, I, and, they're fine on other shows, but – And, and, and if we want to do it here, we'll do it. Right. You You know, know. I mean, you You know, know. we could even argue that the end uh, that uh, in the finale that that teaser was a flashback of The Herd forming it and, was, and, and no, uh, that was a flashback. That's a flashback. Then. Nobody got it. Nobody got it. There are the people like, what oh, so they go? got to the farm within a day. Is that the same? Did the helicopter, right. the big people well, so we confused originally, by that teaser. Yeah. We had it an old no yeah, like, timey, uh, yeah,
1: we had an old timey <laughs> calendar super <laughs> right?
3: Like ripping off pages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: get it. Thursday.
2: Yeah. made us <laughs> take crazy. Yeah. But I'll say, you know, your no point, flashbacks for you. Your point is well taken <laughs> that there is something fascinating about seeing the measure of these people as they're dealing with the circumstances they're in. You know, that is strong storytelling. And it's something that I don't know why people are expecting flashbacks.
0: I don't know why they're asking for it. No, no, they are right. They didn't ask go. for it on The Wire. They I didn't mean, ask for it on I don't The know. Shield. They
2: can go I watch know. it
0: on other shows, I guess. Well, if we've got, you know, like, let's say this. We've got, you know, we're introducing new characters, mm-hmm. okay? We clearly have Michelle. mm mm-hmm okay, we could do a flashback episode and show who Michonne is and what she's all about. I'm not interested in doing that. I, ju- I just think it's cooler, like, shit, who is she? You're Absolutely. leaning in, trying to figure her out yeah. and, and how she, you know, m- just moves through this world. That's cool, you know? Um, Daryl, uh, played by Norman Reedus, is a great character. And once in a while, if he just says something about his, you know, the life before the apocalypse, that's interesting. But he's very, very compelling. What's interesting is people really don't ask for flashbacks about him. Hmm. You know, Is they, they, they ask for like flashbacks. Like they he need talks about them? the past, I think, more than anybody. Yeah, Maybe, but yeah, I think maybe, right. but,
1: but people don't three ask time. for flashbacks. Right, about three it. times, so, which still I don't isn't know, a lot. I don't know,
0: but. I don't know what, what characters people want flashbacks for. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like people say, hey, are we ever going to see flashbacks? Who would you want a flashback of? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of interesting, I mean, I you know? Think,
1: I think from an action standpoint, some people want to see, uh, you know, stuff like, when they saw the fall of Atlanta with the, you know, just the zombie yeah, apocalypse that. in mm-hmm. the beginning. And I think that's more just people wanting to see the world crumble, mm-hmm. um, much more like right, a big event movie. Right.
0: But that is an yeah, expectation coming from, right. you know, other, um, other movies, other outbreak movies, you know, um, Let's not forget, this is based on Robert Kirkman's book. Robert does not use flashbacks he is, he's in his- fiercely he, anti- yeah. He's also fla- yeah. anti-flashback, yeah. right? So he does not use that. He does not explain the outbreak. He does not show, you know, Rick wakes up and the world's gone to shit. So he, he you know, this is an adaptation of that work. Those are Robert's rules. That's stuff that works for us. Yeah. So, you know, if people- we say, Oh, what about this? What about that? Then you're getting kind of into non walking dead territory. That's just not the, the, you know, what that creator wanted. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um,
2: you mentioned, you know, a list of books or movies or things to look at for season two. Did you guys have that for, I mean, season, for season three. three, did you have that for season two also? Was there no. material that you looked at?
0: <laughs> no. uh, we just yeah. read the book. Yeah. We the read books. Robert's, books. Oh, really? Robert's work. Yeah.
2: Right. Interesting. Um, can you give us anything for uh season 3? A little something we can look forward to. When does you it can appear? look forward to 16 episodes. <laughs> <of> awesome <laughs> It's, it's going to be pretty yeah. cool. I think it'll uh, be cool. Is it, are, are those extra episodes overwhelming to you guys
0: or is it a uh, an exciting eh, you know one? it's 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 uh well, yeah yeah we we I will say that you know whatever people thought about the first half of mm-hmm. season 2 Whether or not some of that material played as filler or not, I don't think any of the back half of season two Mm -hmm. struck people as filler. There's no filler in this. I mean, this is, people are going to have to, you know, from the first frame, people are going to have to pay attention. They got to keep up. Uh, I bet you. I, I I'm gonna make a prediction. now people are gonna say the the show's moving too fast. That people are gonna say now they've gone too far. The show's oh moving too God. fast. We can't <laughs> keep up. This is ridiculous. I bet I bet you we start getting that. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna. Would you agree with that?
3: I, I kind of agree that it. <laughs> yeah. it's jam it's, it's packed. It's I love it. Yeah. It's jam packed. We're, we're but, trying to
0: figure out how to make. it But I it. think yeah. like
3: if there are people who like love the pacing of other AMC shows, they're just gonna be <laughs> yeah, sweating ten minutes yeah. in. They're it's just so- gonna it, be like
1: with some of the scripts it's like uh when you go on a big trip but you're determined to take one suitcase <laughs> so, yeah. and you're, you're like afraid to touch it or it's going to explode <laughs> yeah, i mean like that's that. yeah
2: wow that's intense yeah uh yeah, let me ask you very quickly uh before we wrap up um the introduction of michonne in that mm-hmm. uh, last five minutes of the finale uh how long had that been planned was it ever shifted around? Uh, that was planned before, as, as, you know, as really soon
0: later. as I yeah. became showrunner. Yeah. that was something that, oh, really? yeah, I was like, this is what we're doing. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, Robert was like, great. And he wanted to get that character in. We had no plans before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and was um, it just a character that spoke to There were to no you? plans for the prison, you know, oh, really? for, you know, so that was something that, that, uh, you know, we felt when we, you know, came together, um, you know, we wanted to start pushing into that. You know, we wanted to tee it up. But the, the Michonne character, uh, I love the Michonne character. You know, I've, I've, we've hired uh, Deny to... um play that character and uh she's great she's actually a playwright who just uh, oh, really? has something playing at uh, called the convert in culver city right now oh. it's it's, it's a pretty impressive play and which, which makes it a little uh <laughs> a little scary to write for her yeah you know you're writing for this accomplished <laughs> play right now yeah she, yeah this is philistine <laughs> so line. so um um you know we've we've done a lot of work on that character and mm-hmm. and i I like writing i i like i i feel we get that character we're excited about her you know she's 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 kind of a cool new element and and gonna be very surprising and she just can you know it's it's like you want that's that's a character you want to write for so it's I mean, very yeah, that very was, exciting she's cool being a
1: fan of the comics and I'm just a big comic guy mm-hmm. beyond that writing for Michelle was was pretty exciting that uh, must have been so cool sure yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, and i can only imagine it's going to add you know this new element to the group it's that same you know
0: hitting hitting the pool balls yeah uh, that yeah is, people are going i mean to start that's the whole thing in, in a, a very that's surprising really cool. way i don't yeah. think people people might have certain expectations about that character but it's it's going to be very very different and surprising so um we'll probably be back next year talking about what went right and what went wrong right? <laughs>
2: <Can't wait. laughs> well that all flashback episodes really yeah, yeah, don't yeah. look
0: forward to that right she's working in a bowling alley so
2: <laughs> you know, what was uh, that? well thanks i mean everyone's excited i'm excited
0: uh cool you guys are doing well, thank great you. work
2: thanks so much for doing this thank, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you thanks for having us
0: forever
2: dog this has been a forever dog production dog. executive produced by brett Boehm, joe cilio and alex ramsey